If you don't understand what's going on, you're liable to get crazy at this point. picture john you need to be moderating moderating the the channel we're on it still says episode 46 the week we weren't in kansas oh anymore. god oh, okay <laughs> uh uh how do i do this uh, <laughs> is it a space i don't know how to mod i think we drove away our one viewer oh <clears throat> come on now that's not fair i am ready I'm muting myself. <laughs> That's close enough to being ready. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very 47th episode of Rethink Everything. I am Tyler Giannisini, and I'm here today with Jake Gable. Uh, hello, Tyler. And we're here to rethink some of the things that happened during the first week of 2022, the week we looked for new hope. So uh, 2022 happened. Uh, it's the week we're looking <laughs> for new hope because um, the past two years have been so terrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, everybody knows why we're out of hope it's the omnicron everybody's getting it jake got it oh yep she got sure a did. sweet sweet taste of the omnicron uh and to get us through we figured we'd bring our most hopeful and optimistic friend <laughs> we've, we've got our close personal friend longtime uh bro gamer and and uh all-star uh, Rocket League and Hades stream, Hades uh, Twitch streamer, Lady Slow Joey, aka John the Moderator Floyd. <laughs> uh, this week, <laughs> he's he's remaining on mute. I guess he's. Oh, well, I was looking for my. I was looking for my <laughs> was, you mean you just kept it? You you breezed through it. I, I was waiting for my moment. I blew it. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, had one shot, show. I had one shot. I blew it. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I, I'm glad to have been uh, introduced as uh, the most optimistic person because that is me to a T. Everybody that knows me knows that. And uh, now's everybody else's chance to learn it. You know what I mean? Do you want to do you want to introduce yourself to the people? Do you want to? There's not really them? a whole lot to say. I feel like you covered the bases here. Uh, Lady Slow Joey. That's me. I've uh, been Lady Slow Joey. We transitioned from Slow Joey to Lady Slow Joey on Twitch roughly six months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been checking. You know, you get you get a, you get to do name changes, you know, whatever you want to do. Right. But uh, Slow Joey, not back, not available again. So I can't uh, can't go back to him. But uh, it's uh, great. It was a great it was a great thing that I did. I, uh, I kind of bullied somebody on a stream, a stream for I made fun of him for changing his name. He put Lady in his name to uh, kind of give a shout out to the streamer. And I made fun of him. I was making fun of him a lot through the whole stream. And I felt a little bad. So so I uh, changed my name for solidarity. You know, I I, I, I didn't want to be mean about it. You know, it was, it was supposed to be fun, but I was kind of newer in the community. And that guy was more established in the community. And it seemed like I was being a turd. So, you know, we did it. We went for it. And here we are, you know, Lady Slow Joey. came in and stole your original Slow Joey. I'm thinking maybe it's possible that I waited too long it, I, and, mm. and, and, and somebody got the name. I, it does just tell so, me it's unavailable in a way that it used to show kind of a, roughly an amount of time that it would become available again. But, uh, sure. you know, whoever gets Slow Joey out there, you know, it did me a lot of favors. So <laughs> maybe they really need this too, you know? 
Uh, they don't have any of the numbers weighing them down like I did when I when I got to, got the slow Joey name. You know, <laughs> it made you the man you are today. It kind of did. You know what? It really there was a transition from being uh, my nuts was kicked and all those other names to to having to adopt a slow Joey persona, <laughs> the moniker, mm-hmm. <laughs> the mantle. I took on the he took on the mantle. Uh, Ooh, we up to thirty one k followers, guys. Yeah, thirty one. No, no, no. No, no, no. They leave a million. Oh. Which is actually supposed to oh, be a right. million. On Twitch, it's a million. Um, I, forget yeah. on Twitch. I forget yeah. that. On Twitch and on podcasts, it's, they, they just round it. They just drop the, all the zeros. Yeah, you there's know, too many zeros on the six screen. Zeros. I can't it's count that too many. Six zeros is negative. I lose People track by two zeros. I stop counting and I go, I can't can't do this anymore. I get I can't count any more zeros. So just so yeah, we'll, just we'll, go with the, we'll go with this. 31 million followers. You know, I'm, I'm doing all right out there. I don't know what else to say, honestly. I feel no, like... No, you're, uh, you're, you're, you did great. That's... Uh, John, John is uh, part of the, part of the, tri- uh, the Trinity, the Holy Trinity of bro gaming. Um, mm-hmm. uh, We've been doing from, it for a long time. From the Waybacks. Um, <laughs> it got us through our 20s. It's yep. getting us through our 30s. <laughs> Honestly, I think no reason to stop. No reason to stop. Uh, it started I, even even before even before I started, like we sort of formed this this group that we formed um, the summer before I would bring over my Xbox to play Call of Duty 4 with John in his yeah, in his bedroom. I'm a cramped hot we'd, ass. We'd, I'd set up, bring my little TV. We'd just like play the TVs Xbox. in the bed. Yep, just two, two, two TVs. <laughs> oh my goodness, and we're such a disaster. I spill soda yeah, on myself nice. every time. Lose all your soda caps. <laughs> Lose the soda caps. And then, yeah, and great, then times. We, great times. And then we took it to Xbox Live and kept it going. Keep things going strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where's this hope? I'm hearing a lot about some hope. What's? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need hope. Can it just uh, be because of me? I'll give people the context with from the last week of uh, well, uh, the last week or so. Um, so Betty White, we lost Betty White. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this if you remember this point in your life and you've listened to this in the future, this is the week we lost Betty White. Uh, uh, another another maybe nice piece of piece of news, you know, uplifting piece of news. American Girl uh, chose their first Chinese American Girl of the Year doll. That's progress. That's representation. Okay. We're, 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 and uh, we, I, I don't know if I have any other really news that happened in the past week other than it's the one year anniversary of the January 6th. Um, uh, what? Yeah, I was, was kind the, of expecting was, there like, to be more. January 6th, it was a tailgate, right? Yeah, I was expecting there to be tailgate. more about that. Where that was t- the rest? I didn't get invited to a barbecue this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I, missed the, I missed the invite. The reason we're looking for new hope is because the last two years have been such, such trash, such such COVID-ridden trash. Uh, yeah, thanks, Obama. Uh, we were we were looking, we were thinking about how we wanted to start the new year, and just everything, everything is COVID. Everyone has COVID. Everything is COVID, and yeah. and we wanted, we didn't want that. We wanted, we wanted to feel feel more hopeful with the new year. <laughs> Yeah, when we when we specifically looked for like a happy news website, um, <laughs> CNBC has 
has a page that was like, oh, we have good news here. Here's uh, this lady who's struggling through the pandemic. Oh, here's, no. here's one technique for staying happy in the pandemic. <laughs> we know you need it because of the <laughs> pandemic and how terrible it is. And it's just like all more pandemic stuff. Hey, the other one was about some lady becoming a CEO. That's true. And working true. through the pandemic, not having any problems finding a job or keeping a job through the pandemic. So that was that is something <laughs> to be happy about. The first woman CEO of a major Wall Street bank. I thought we weren't supposed to celebrate Wall Street banks. That's right. Ladies can take advantage of you financially, too. (laughs) (laughs) Break that glass ceiling, girl. (laughs) Where where are you supposed to go online to even look at news anymore? This is horrible. Yeah, you can't find... It's hard to find good news. Uh, What's his face? uh, Jim from The Office was doing that show for like... Ooh, is he at so the beginning of the pandemic, made he, that yeah, yeah. money. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. He did it for like what six weeks, and then sold it and stopped giving us good news. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, well, didn't last long. I think I think part of it was, was it, someone bought it, thinking like, "Oh, this has been like a really successful little thing. We can capitalize and make money off of it without actually like they don't Ruining know what it. they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> they just ruin it. Just bring it by by making it." Bringing in the money <laughs> ruins it, and you you bought an empty an empty idea because you don't know what to do with it. Well, you know, you got lots of uh, room to cre- create there. I guess, uh, yeah, sure. What? 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 Yeah. Okay. That that whole selling that and somebody buying is confusing to me, but okay. I don't think I ever I, I heard about that. Buying and selling the concept of good news. Yeah. 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 What? yeah. Uh, yeah. Couldn't find any. It turns out it was hard to do, huh? Yeah, yeah. It turned out to be harder than they thought. Yeah, what a shock! But I did bring good news, and I scoured, I scrimped and scoured oh. for the internet for these for this good news because I'll be honest with you, it doesn't sell. It does not sell. They are trying to sell you fear, doubt, and disbelief. So here's my first. Here's my first story of the day. Uh, Modern Family star. And Kansas police distribute 600 Christmas hams in memory of late actor's father. So um, <laughs> Eric Stone Street, who uh, let's see, let's see if I can get a get a nice image up on screen here for you. Yeah, the podcast um, listeners love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the listeners wanna, love waiting to see what he looks like. Uh, <laughs> the podcast listeners feel like they're missing out on anything as far as my reactions go. Don't don't you worry about it. I wish you guys could have seen my reaction to the the hams being given out because I had a I made a face. It was a very shocked face, but in a you know in a I was shocked in a surprised, pleasant way. Almost tears, almost tears coming down my face. So, just so the podcast listeners know, he's not on camera. <laughs> You wouldn't have seen it even if you, you were watching. wouldn't have seen it. That's what I'm saying. You're not missing anything. Uh, so uh, Eric Stone Street, um, for for those who don't know him by name, he's the uh, he's the non-redheaded uh, member of the gay couple on Modern Family. He's a particularly funny guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, at least last I watched the show. It's been quite a while. But uh, in any case... The, the story here is that uh, Eric Stone Street's father died the month before Christmas. And so he decided to 
uh, cheer himself up and spread a bit of cheer by reaching out to Farmland Foods and asking about some hams to do some donating. And uh, he called them up, said, hey, would you give us a deal on some hams? And they said, no. But what if we give you 600 hams? And so they donated the 600 hams. Stone Street and his family were joined by Kansas City Police and Leavenworth Police from Kansas and uh, went through donating these uh these hams to needy people on christmas day that almost sounds a little scary to me it's just a bunch of police officers going door to door do you want some ham on we've got some ham for you open up police up we've got hams. ham <laughs> yeah. police we're in there. No, well, i don't want to hear any pig jokes i don't want to hear any ham pig bacon jokes pig bacon <laughs> jokes yes wow what a thing so they wouldn't yeah. let him buy him. They give him to him. He gets help handing him out to the people that need ham. And, yeah. And let's face it, that is everybody. I'm not going to hear it. That's everybody. Only three out of ten people given these hams wound up with food poisoning. So I'd say overall. <laughs> great success. So it's a great success. A huge success. <laughs> I'll take three out of ten oh, odds. I'll take that. And that's that's that is really that is really lovely. Although, although admittedly, it'd be a strange scene of like, you have what for me now? Ham? Ham? I don't like ham. I can't even wait. Yeah, no, again, everybody needs ham. Let's let's not let's not say that. Christmas ham, especially. Christmas ham. Eating Christmas ham. And this was uh seems to have been uh really truly in 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 the honor of his father because uh Eric Stone Street said of his father he wanted nothing to do with social media and probably would have objected objected to all the attention. And uh, uh, Stone Street said he probably would say right now, Eric, it's nobody's damn business that I died. <laughs> Merry like Christmas, like you that. filthy animals. Yeah, I like Merry that a lot. So there's nobody's damn business that I died. <laughs> <laughs> and if hams don't give you hope, well, this will. In December, a 23-year-old woman graduated alongside her 88-year-old grandfather. So a woman in Texas and her 88-year-old grandfather are both starting 2022 as new college graduates. Melanie Salazar of San Antonio graduated from the University of Texas at San Antonio in December with a Bachelor of Art in Communications. Mm-hmm. Communications, eh? No, your hey, you can goals. do everything with that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, <laughs> my, 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 <laughs> alma mater, my alma mater was famous for its... <laughs> Great A communications <laughs> department. Famous yes. for people who can't decide what to major in. <laughs> and uh, Melanie did so at the same time as her grandfather did this graduate graduated at the same time as her grandfather Rene Niera, uh, who received a degree in rec- of recognition in economics. Now, a degree of recognition is that like a fake degree? I don't know. Did he not actually graduate and they're just being nice to him? Yeah, sounds, that might be like sounds- a. Sounds like a good idea. Kind of honorary degree, but I don't. I haven't heard that one before. It may yeah. just be. Let's make him an honorary slow Joey while we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> one honorary slow Joey. <laughs> That's starting. You can have a outright, degree so. of recognition. Sure. Uh, so I guess when Salazar graduated high school, uh, Nera, then eighty-two, decided to take classes to fulfill his lifelong dream of earning his bachelor's degree. 
since the 1950s, he'd been working towards his bachelor degree. And according to uh, his granddaughter, it had been one of his life goals and dreams. But in the 50s, he fell in love and got married and started a family. So he wasn't able to continue school right away. And so he is now back there chasing college tail or was back there chasing college tail. Uh, I'm sure going to parties just like just like. <laughs> old school uh yeah just like an old school <laughs> i was uh, that's what i was picturing i was like did he not get a, a regular bachelor's because he he was partying the whole time but he got the degree of recognition because he parked the dean's car on the roof <laughs> you gotta you gotta give respect for that <laughs> and uh, even more uplifting um she did not completely ignore him. Apparently, they would get lunch together in the library and just work silently side by side. There were also many times where she drove him to school during the seasons when he didn't have his car. Aww. That's Pretty nice. nice. It's nice. You think, Look. you think it was just a creepy old guy trying to get around his granddaughter's young college friends? <laughs> Do you have any roommates? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. Yeah, come on. Did you just say all your friends turned 18? <laughs> oh, going to God. God now? oh, no. Come on. Grandpa. Come on. It's a okay, nice... Right, we're, right. Ruining, we're ruining these nice stories. I, uh, I thought we were looking for new hope. Not, it's not. specialty. <laughs> 88-year-old grandpa, 28-year-old... The 23-year-old granddaughter. Look at him. <laughs> yeah, yes, dude. All right. Well, uh, and if that didn't bring you hope, I've got another story of hope for you. Come on. One of these is bound to yeah, give you some I'm hope. I'm about to be overloaded. Come on. I don't know if I can <laughs> handle hope. more hope. Too yeah. much hope. Uh, you guys might uh, really break me out of whatever this whole lifelong thing has been if you give me any more <laughs> things to be hopeful for. <laughs> My next story is of. The California wishing tree. So uh, or, or a California wishing tree. I think it's a wishing tree in Vista, California. So mm. so this is a tree, a local neighborhood tree where people decorate it with uh, wishes, uh, well wishes, um, handwritten notes like, you know, nice thoughts, uh, dreams, gratitude. It's like a bunch of litter to me. Sorry. <laughs> 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 Wish they'd be more respectful of the environment. Yeah. 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 Uh, leaving their yeah. pieces of paper around is a trash can right down the street. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, sorry, someone, sorry, guys. Sorry some for Some environmentalist needs to come along and clean up this tree. <laughs> yeah. uh, so instead of decking, decorating the tree with traditional ornaments, a neighborhood in Vista, California comes together to do something a little different decorate an ash tree with handwritten notes. Each year, the neighborhood wishing tree is filled with notes of hopes, dreams, gratitudes, and more. A bunch of people around the neighborhood go and get notes from this drawer and kind of write little wishes on it, said 10-year-old resident Layla. Jackson, an 8-year-old who lives in the neighbor, shared his wish. I wrote, I want COVID to be gone because COVID isn't that great. I've already been quarantined from my class two times, said Jackson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the tradition started a few years ago. It was started a few years ago by a neighbor who wishes to remain anonymous. Is that what they wrote on the tree? I wish <laughs> to remain anonymous. <laughs> I wish to remain anonymous. <laughs> First wish on the tree. Please leave me alone. <laughs> Jackson, I've got bad news for you. Uh... 
your wish isn't being granted. But yeah. we felt so bad year. we got you a PS5, so. <laughs> <laughs> do, you like, do you like how I included the most depressing wish on my, on my facts? <laughs> that, was, that was fantastic. The tree of unfulfilled wishes. All right. Well, if that uplifting story doesn't have enough of a hint of depressing news in it, here comes this next one. Former inmate delivers Christmas gifts to kids with parents in jail. <laughs> this, this comes from the ever uplifting goodmorningamerica.com. Wake up, everybody. Wake up. Wake up. Uh, across the country, an estimated 1.4 million children will spend Christmas without at least one parent with without at least one parent because they are serving time in prison or jail. One woman in Columbus, Ohio, Janice Boston, is making an effort to keep local children connected to their incarcerated parents with through her annual Build a Bond toy drive. So uh, Boston, who's age 38, shops for hundreds of toys each year and distributes them to kids of incarcerated parents through a partnership with the Franklin County Sheriff's Office. Dropping off the gifts by far is one of the reasons why I do it, Boston told Good Morning America. Most kids have no idea that I'm coming, and I say, your mom and dad sent me here to give these gifts to you. <laughs> Boston said she started the toy drive because she knows firsthand how hard it is to be in prison as a parent. She served four years in a prison, a sentence she started in 2003, just 30 days after she gave birth to her first child. So if that's not the most bittersweet, uplifting story you've ever heard, I don't know what else could be. But it makes me happy. It makes me sad. I figured it was the perfect story to bring you hope <laughs> for 2021 or 2022. I mean, 2022. Uh, there are a couple of oh, things about boy. this that bother me. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to just I'm going to get into it. OK. OK. She tells the kids that their parents wanted to give them something. Oh, yeah. What What's the follow up to this when the kids ask about their parents? <laughs> what does she have to say about their parents that she's oh. probably never even talked to? Oh, God, they're still in jail. <laughs> Second of all, what's with getting the cops involved with all of these processes? If you're getting a gift, it's the cops, the sheriff's <laughs> office that are all involved in helping get all the stuff out. It's so confusing mm. to me. Mm. In this America? Mm. Somebody's oh, look, getting you. I know that these guys put your parents behind bars, but now today <laughs> they're, they're giving you a, a gift. <laughs> okay. All right. That was my two cents on it. Okay. You know, what, what a lovely act of kindness. It is. It is a lovely kinda, act of kindness. Kind of confused. A lot of things going to confuse me. I'm sorry. You're not wrong to have questions. Oh, it probably got answered in here. I didn't, I didn't read this article. And look, the, if that's one of the kids, that's his, her kid. Look how happy they are. So, you yep. know, can't, can't mm -hmm. deny the happiness. Yep. Not They're denying the kids together. the happiness. Unless the kids are starting to have too much fun, then you know I got something to say. <laughs> All right. Well, those are, those are my uplifting stories about lovely lovely <laughs> about stories. the end of 2021 do you feel more hopeful i mean if we start off the way we ended like that is gonna be the best year we've ever had <laughs> just true it's <laughs> true other than the you know bad news of betty white but all the good news you showed <sighs> yes the good news the good news focusing to, on the good it's almost enough maybe it was good news that betty white passed because uh Maybe she was in tremendous pain. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a possibility. 
yeah, it doesn't have to keep dealing to with it, this. That, that made it more depressing. BS. Yeah. It's nobody's yeah, business it that she died. It's nobody's business. All right. Well, only like one person it. can save us. I'm well, not, okay. clearly Look, not the person to come to for hope. We tried. We tried to get hope from people, but let's face it. People suck. So away with them. I decided to look as 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 is my want to do to animals. <laughs> and so okay. I've got some uh, some interesting, interesting stories and facts about about some animals that that can give us hope. So uh, although <laughs> so I've got the wrong audience to start off talking about dogs Um but I'm going to start off talking about dogs. Now, dogs, dogs started out with with when 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 they originally became dogs from wolves and and were domesticated. Uh, they started as companions for humans. They didn't have job all the jobs that they have today. Um, they were just companions. And, and that's and that's how or, or at least that's what the evidence seems to point towards is, is that companionship was sort of the, the start to why dogs became dogs and, and um, why we have them around today. But somewhere along the line, they started realizing that dogs could be trained for different jobs. And so dogs have served a lot of really, really cool, weird jobs. But one of them is is search and rescue. And 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 they have been helpful in in um you know emergency situations and things like that um and one of one of the dogs that that has been used for for search and rescue in the mountains are the saint bernard um breed of dogs and so i learned about their their where they where they come from um how they got started and and why they're they've got a, an interesting an interesting depiction. They're they're always depicted with a barrel around their necks. So what what is Saint Bernard all about? Well, it started in the Alps um, between Switzerland and Italy, where over a thousand years ago there were outposts way back in the Bronze Age from the Roman Empire. One of the buildings they built up in the Alps was a temple to Jupiter, and that site later on in 1049. So a thousand years ago, Bernard of Menthon, um, later known as Saint Bernard, the patron saint of the Alps, established a hospice for travelers that um, would travel through the Alps. Now, this hospice was run by monks for the next thousand years, essentially, and they started keeping dogs um, as early as 1550. But the exact date isn't known because in the late 16th century, the hospice burned down, but it was rebuilt. And then dogs were residents from in the hospice ever since. Um, and they began breeding their own breed of dog that would be strong and weather resistant and have a good sense of smell. And this dog would eventually become the St. Bernard. And by the 1800s, the monks had had this breed that that became known as as the St. Bernard. And so they they yeah, they're they do well in the cold. They've got a strong sense of smell. They're good for for helping um, find lost travelers or or um, travelers that have been com- become trapped or or you know ended up somewhere that they that they didn't mean to. So they've been used for sort of search and rescue in in the Alps. Now, where the barrel comes in, why they're depicted with a barrel around their necks, is that a 17 year old painter in 1820 made a painting showing two St. Bernards rescuing a stranded traveler. 
and he painted one of the dogs with a barrel around his neck his neck because the artists imagine the situation that the dog was carrying brandy to the stranded traveler to give him brandy to help warm him up uh warm up this the stranded traveler give bring him bring him a nice a nice brandy a nice drink to have um which of course is actually a bad idea as alcohol only makes you feel warmer but it actually make because it makes the blood rush to the skin but then that means you lose heat faster and in cold conditions that would be that would be bad news but the image was endearing and it persists to this day so we saw that there was a modern photograph of uh saint bernard with a barrel around his neck but in actuality it would be a bad idea if if part of their rescue operations was bringing booze to stranded travelers <laughs> they're, they're, they're just there to finish you off quick <laughs> yeah they make it more pleasant let's Look, not drag this thing out <laughs> <laughs> At least you'd be drunk and it'll end faster. So, I mean, who knew? You know, so that's that's the story of the St. Bernard. I, I didn't know. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty. That's pretty legit. Yeah, that's yeah, where they we came know from. Why all those cartoons, they always had that barrel. Yeah, yeah. they're always getting everybody all drunk because they found yeah. them. Kids they are were getting lost. Things. Were you not drunk when you were lost? Well, here you go. <laughs> Get yourself out now. They should be used as as party party promoters. You know, they show yes. up to your party. <laughs> bring in the keg. Bring your own Bernard. <laughs> bring BYOB. <laughs> bring your own Bernard. <laughs> um, so dogs can be used as search and rescue, but there's a new member of the search and rescue team um, that might even be more useful than than the dog, uh, which is the rat. The rat may be the future. Of search and rescue. Please don't now, find me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Lost, it's it's <laughs> it's a uh, yeah. Uh, we can debate debate the the yeah whether whether or not the pros and cons of this idea. But there's this group, the APOPO, um, which is a Belgian and U.S. nonprofit that has an unusual mission, which is to train rats to perform life-saving functions. This, this organization is, a, is centered around training rats to, to do different things to, to, help, to help us. So, so they train rats to sniff out ter- tuberculosis. They've trained them to find landmines. And now they're trying to train them um, to assist in search and rescue efforts. So the idea is to take giant pouched rats, which can actually live up to 11, 11 years um, domesticated and, and um, you know, being well taken care of. So they've got longevity, um, enough longevity to make this training worth it. And what they're trying to train them to do is go find a person, and then when they find a person, they send a signal using some sort of transmitter device on a backpack that they're wearing, and then return to their starting point. So they go find someone, send a signal saying this is where I found someone and then come back to where they were let to where they were let out. But why why use rats? Well, rats are almost as good as at smelling as dogs are, dogs used in search and rescue, but they're better climbers and smaller so they can climb through dangerous environments or rubble and debris to go find people where dogs dogs couldn't. But there is this concern as John has pointed out that it might scare you 
if you're trapped in some emergency situation and all of a sudden a rat is crawling over you. <laughs> I like rats and mice um, more so than most people. But you might even I might panic a little having seen too many horror films and stories involving rats that if I were trapped and rats started climbing on me, it might be scary. But they're they're aware of this concern and have been trying to think about how they can assuage fear uh, in a rescue situation. And so the rats are equipped with a backpack that will have a microphone, camera, and a light. They're also thinking about having an audio message accompanying the rats, something like, I am a rescue rat. I am here to help you. <laughs> so <laughs> if you can picture the situation, you're trapped in this rat with a backpack that starts crawling on you, <laughs> playing this message. Do not be concerned. <laughs> Congratulations. You are being rescued. <laughs> yeah, Do not <laughs> resist. <laughs> it would be, you'd think you were hallucinating. Like, is this rat talking to me? What is happening? <laughs> Am I dead? I think I'm it's dead. one solitary rat. You know, if it's not a swarm of rats, it's easier to maybe not freak out. It's got a little bell. I saw that. I saw the video playing over there. It's got a little yeah. bell on it. I mean, if it's got a costume. Yeah. No, I think I, I, I'm probably I don't, likely to be yeah. scared of it, but it's never going to get away from the disgust factor of it being a rat to me. What, if I, it, what about the disgust factor factor of these Herculean testicles dragging know, across dude, you? They're huge. <laughs> it's balancing on its testicles as a third <laughs> leg of sorts. What is I don't this? need that dragon. I don't need it teabagging me while I'm down. <laughs> How much semen do these rats need? I, they, they make a lot of babies. <laughs> I like the producers for the for for the listeners. There's a picture of a rat and it's kind of like stooped forward, kind of like a hunched over human with a little life jacket looking thing, and its its back legs are down. It's resting on. It seems like to be balanced by its testicles that are shooting out behind it, and then it's got a little bell around its neck, but it's holding the little bell almost as if to silence it. To sneak up on you. <laughs> it's standing on two feet. Uh, the it's it's some sort of ball that is the the transmitter um, oh. device that that not it, a bell turns out not a bell okay that it uses once it finds someone. Well, you probably hear those testes dragging across the ground before you know it's not going to be the same as a bell, but <laughs> you'll hear them in your nightmares for the rest of your life if you ever have one of these come rescue you. That's. That's it. The ball draggings of my rescue rat. So we've had, I don't want to get rescued by the dog. He's not bringing me alcohol <laughs> like, I, like I was raised to believe. I'm definitely not wanting to get raised by this rat or ra uh, rescued by the rat. So what's well, next? Okay, what, what's what, next? What, what am well, I going to well, be comfortable not, being rescued by? We're not done with the rats yet, but we are, we are going to move on to, to a new animal eventually. So Okay. okay. Still Another thing that they've trained rats to do, this was in this was in unrelated research to the search and rescue stuff. This is just researchers coming up with crazy ideas to research questions. Um, and they created vehicles for rats to drive. So it was this little this little like not quite a hamster ball, but but this thing on wheels that had wires and the rats 
could figure out if they touch certain wires that makes the car go forward, turn right or left. They could drive these little cars. So why? But what's what's the point of studying driving rats driving cars? Why? Why this lovely video I'm seeing on the stream of rats? Um, it's a pretty strange idea. Well, it, it turns out researchers actually learned some interesting things about about um, rats learning to drive, which is that they gave rats two raised rats in two different environments. One was a pretty empty environment, just had probably had food and water, not much for it to interact with, not much for it to do, not many textures or sights or or much to interact with. And then other rats that were in a more naturalistic environment with more textures, things to do, um, a, a, an enriched environment, more things to stimulate them um, and, and make them... Um, you know, for them to interact with. Turns out the ones that were raised in the richer environment could learn to drive much more easily than the rats in the more empty, bare environment. Um, and then they also found that rats that learn to drive uh, seem less stressed um, compared to rats that, that weren't given the option to, to learn to drive. Um, which tells us a couple of things that that having resources and enrichment at a young age helps us learn and continuing to learn and continuing engagement um, has positive effects for the rats. And, and that's probably true, true for people as well. I think I think it's it's always shown in, in educational studies and things that kids who eating healthy have have, you know, good, good environments They're they're being raised in. Um, learn learn better and and it's and it's a uh, something we 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 can probably learn learn about ourselves as well of what makes what makes a good learning environment and also that that we should never stop learning uh in some sense you'd be you'd be astonished how hard it is to convince people that it helps their children to have a healthy diet <laughs> <laughs> we seem like monsters yeah apparently yeah yeah, you think about what what uh, food you get. So you, if you're not getting it at home, you get it at the school, and then the schools serve schools cardboard pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> the, the school food. The tomato uh, sauce counts as a vegetable. <laughs> yeah, is it is it very good? But damned if we put any funding towards education. Now, yeah. rats are not the only animals learning to drive out there. There's another animal driver that comes from a completely unexpected place, which is shocking even to me, which is goldfish. It turns out goldfish can learn to drive. So researchers wanted to see if goldfish could learn to navigate in an entirely novel environment. So you put a goldfish in, in some sort of environment in the water, and eventually they learn that environment and, and can learn to navigate it. But what researchers did here is they put the fish in a small tank, put that tank on wheels and then track the fish so that when they swim, the direction they swim drives the cart. And then they put them in a room, um, <laughs> yeah. put them in a room and then gave them something to drive towards a pink board in, in the, the um, experiment I was reading about. And after a few, and anytime they drive the cart to the pink board, they get a food reward. After a few days, it takes a few days for the fish to figure out this association, but after a few days, they learned 
They drive to the pink board. They get a food reward and then can do it consistently and repeatedly drive to the pink board. Even if they move the pink board, the the fish will still drive after learning that they get a food reward. If they drive towards it, will still drive the cart um, to the board up to 15 times in 30 minutes. So they'll just repeatedly drive their cart to to the board, Um, which is interesting. You take a fish and put it almost out of water. Basically, they're they're driving (laughs) this tank. They're navigating this completely novel environment to them and and they can still figure out how to how to navigate, which which is pretty incredible. For listeners, search on YouTube goldfish driving and you will see the video that we've been watching, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's pretty great. So when do we get this video game version of uh, it's not like battle bots, but it's (laughs) these animal driven vehicles going at it (laughs) against one another. I was where is it animals? Yeah, battle bots. But yeah, they're driven by animals. I was thinking, you know, you call you call your next Uber. Yeah. Window rolls down. <laughs> it's like all fish in a tank. There's no pink boards for the fish to find. It only cares about the food reward. Yeah, you you have to give it food every time it it makes a correct turn towards your destination. But it just keeps repeating the first one fifteen <laughs> times before it gets to the next turn to get the next food reward. Incredible. That was pretty crazy. I've I've never heard anything about this. This is nuts. Yeah. Uh, I, I was I was surprised. I was that is pretty cool to learn that goldfish can can drive. In, the in vehicle that the that the rat got to drive was like a giant jug of mixed <laughs> nuts container. Yeah. That yes. was its home. Yes. Uh, it's uh, it's cab, which was pretty great. It's really really well done scientifically. Mm-hmm. Just give it a food container. Just yep. put it in a food container. I don't know. That's its car. Who are we going to use? Uh, I don't know. I we'll never do that. Nuts. Do a food container. We had this lying around from lunch. <laughs> put it in that. It's funny. You'll, you'll get, uh, in my experience in, in research, you, you kind of get two, two different approaches to trying to create a novel device for animals, which is one, either the person designs it themselves and then uses uses uh, a, a shop to to you know cut plastic and make this this custom device and the other type of researcher will just take a jug and cut a hole cut a window out and put it on wheels and boom you have your rat cart um which is which is kind of it's fun it's pretty great fun to see i really enjoyed it the yeah, fish, that, the fish video outside. I know that. Yeah, the that's fish really driving the outside. That's wild. Seeing it driving on the street. It's that like, was oh. also messed up. Just so do we free. have like a look? They're not driving, but I remember <laughs> we're gonna I have to like, create fish lanes. We are yeah, already are struggling lanes. with the bike lanes. Yeah. Soon the fish, the fish uh, vehicles will be allowed on the road as long as I keep up in speed. It's just this goldfish <laughs> going thirty-five. I don't want to sound speciesist. But goldfish are the worst drivers. <laughs> have you just ever tried getting through pile, LA? Just a giant pile up at the at the at the pink spot, dude. Just a giant pile up of goldfish. <laughs> anytime, anytime there's a pink sign or pink graffiti, are they able to distinguish the pink tram. from the red? They have to have they have to have different 
colored lights. <laughs> they, the, all lights. the fish go at the red light. I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah, there has to be a green and a pink light uh, for traffic to flow. All right. Well, uh, with that, I brought one more set of facts to try to bring some hope. Look, I think Jake was right, though. The people stuff didn't really do it, right? <laughs> animals. It was animals. animals yeah. turning, turning animals into better versions of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty remarkable. It turns out we can make them do everything we do. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs and to build robots to use to you don't need to build so much cuter you just when they do it. do it all. <laughs> okay, here's my third. Here's my last set of facts for you guys. All right, bring us I some I brought help. some facts about Star Wars A New Hope. Yes. Oh, baby. <laughs> Look at this and quality. Well, I thought it was going to be hard to find like fun facts about this movie that nobody knew. It actually, I think, <laughs> wound up actually being pretty easy. So I figured like this would be if anybody knows trivia about anything, it would all be, you know, everybody would know about this. But here's some here's some quick fun facts. So the lightsaber found effect is a combination of the hum of an idling 35 millimeter movie projector and the feedback generated by passing a stripped microphone cable by a television. Crazy. Whoa. Very interesting, creative ways of like back in the old days when you could run electricity past the front of a television, and it would just screw it up completely. You could put mm-hmm. like something with static there. Um, in early drafts of the script, R2-D2 could actually speak standard English, and he had a rather foul vocabulary. Although <laughs> all of R2's English speech was removed, many of C-3PO's reactions to it were left in. So that's why sometimes when 3PO is like, oh, <laughs> oh, that, oh. That makes sense because they imply, <laughs> they imply that R2-D2 is kind of a little foul mouth, but that's really funny that yeah. he was, and then they changed it. But they only changed it slightly that's pretty good okay another one while uh while filming in tunisia the libyan government became worried about a massive military vehicle parked near the libyan border consequently the tunisian government receiving threats of military mobilization politely asked george lucas to move his jawa sand crawler further from the border (laughs) because their neighbors were mobilizing military to respond oh Oh, no dude uh the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, another fun fact the actors found george lucas to be very uncommunicative towards him towards them with his only directions generally being either faster or more intense faster louder yep that's funny <laughs> at one point when he would temporarily lost his Wait, voice is that not the crew... what their whole job is <laughs> <laughs> faster louder more intense <laughs> Uh, at one point when he t- lost his voice, the crew provided him with a board that had this, those two phrases on it. So he could just <laughs> turn it to the one. That... Nice. <laughs> uh, Harrison Ford did not learn his lines for the intercom conversation in the cell block so that it would sound spontaneous. Kenny Baker said that often when the cast and crew broke for lunch, they would forget that he was in the R2-D2 costume and leave him behind. <laughs> oh, oh, no. You must hate him. Oh. You must have hated him, dude. <laughs> According to Mark Hamill, studio executives were very unhappy that Chewbacca has no clothes and attempted to have the costume team redesign him with shorts. <laughs> okay. Shorts. Shorts Andering. for Chewbacca. Andering pretty, pretty good. Are they going to be shorts, though? They're probably going to be shorts. <laughs> shorts. Ripped off jean shorts, yeah. 
and this uh, the last fun fact this is the only movie where vader's theme the imperial imperial march is not played because it had not been written mm. so you associate with the original star wars with the imperial march not actually in the movie boom facted wow. facted up those are my my a new hope fun facts now those were pretty fun now that's all of our facts now john i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna present you with two options okay you take the red pill oh no you not this <laughs> we start talking about the matrix resurrections without you having seen it and you you just get things spoiled for you uh-huh we'll, uh-huh we'll keep it I'm not, I'm not gonna keep it that vague spoilers. for, for uh the, okay. you take the blue pill uh-huh we talk about video games first and you leave before we talk about matrix if you want to keep it unspoiled uh, let's let's um uh, i'm going blue let's video games talk to you let's just go right to video right. games talk we're jumping and then into you guys video can, games you guys can matrix i didn't do my homework uh so okay. I don't, okay. I don't feel like it'd be it'd be very fair for me to be around for it. You know what I mean? Like that's reasonable. Didn't do that's my homework. reasonable. Yep. You don't yep. get a passing grade if you didn't do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> you want a participation trophy? Um, I think right, this we'll, is already it. We'll jump in. Jump into some. Uh, we'll jump into some video game discussion here, and then and then set you free and talk about uh, Matrix a little bit. So. The game that we all now <laughs> can effectively talk about. Yep. That we've uh, Rocket League. That we've been playing. <laughs> it's Rocket League. It's Rocket League, baby. It's Rocket League. Uh, no, we all play. We all got into spreadsheet space simulator. <laughs> You're showing combat. Though. I've not really done much of that. That was oh, that I was see. epic yeah, combat. Try to make it look exciting. Wow, this is yeah, yeah. This looks. I don't see any menus on the side at all. Actually, I have not. <laughs> This is not my experience with the game. Taking it closest. Yeah, this is this is showing stuff that I actually yeah. haven't really looked at. Look how huge those ships are. You're saying I'm going to get that far? This is amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> for for listeners, uh, Stellaris, the game we're looking at is this overwhelming like space empire simulator where essentially uh, you start out the game, you kind of build out this space empire of, you know, you build your aliens, what, what they're like. Are they farming aliens? Are they militaristic fascist aliens? Are they egalitarian spiritual aliens? Um, design, design yourself this empire. And then you're set loose on this galaxy and you just sort of continue, spread and experience, uh, experience these little stories. Um, you build up military might. You... Eventually, there's a galactic Senate and you vote in that Senate and can propose resolutions in that Senate. You offer trade deals with your neighbors. It's like this huge, um, huge empire simulator uh, that when you first look at it, looks really, really alienating. It's just like numbers and symbols everywhere. Uh, it's it's like menus on menus on menus on tabs of menus and and uh it just seems like it's going to be the most alienating game ever. But when you kind of get into it, it's got this little charming, like almost RPG ish. You're you're like the Star Trek species who keeps stumbling upon anomalies and getting to interact with them and either pursue or not pursue the stories involved with those wound up. We wound up playing uh, cooperatively uh, four player game and winds up being super, super fun. So 
guess we'll go, oh, that's my summary of the game. I'll mm-hmm. Leave it to you guys for some impressions. Creating your civilization and uh, getting all your bonuses all together and whatever, trying to play through and role play a a race is is extraordinarily fun. Yes. Um, yeah. This this game offers a lot as far as kind of you can idle a little bit and just automate so much of what you're doing uh, that it's it's a very like casual experience, even though the game is extraordinarily in depth with what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's kind of fun. It's fun. Like like it even puts in these small details that just just the little customizational customization details always always make it fun that like you even choose like adjectives for your species so then Mm -hmm. when you get descriptions of what's happening it's all like like so it's describing you know you find you find some amoeba and it's interesting and it'll all it's all like 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 feels like you know a unique experience of your species trying to explore explore the universe and good and bad things happen and yeah it's it you is know, sometimes fun. you start and you're you're right next to a fallen empire and they <laughs> kill your entire uh starting fleet which is yeah, not, I was, not very good i but. was playing single player today and i was having a much more difficult time growing growing my empire because it was just hostiles like all mm, my paths yeah. are blocked by hostiles and it it yeah, playing it playing with your was friends much being able fun. to kind of coordinate yeah it's much much easier yeah, there's there's some settings that'll make it easier on that. I think there are also though, if you don't quite know what you're doing and you create sieves, I think they recommend that you don't do it because you can mess things up slightly or just make things a little bit slower for your progress or or whatever you know. But yeah, it's I think it's more it's a more entertaining way to play the game than just playing one of one of the default uh, like sieves. Right. Sure. And I never really got that far into playing other games that these guys have done. Um, I've owned a lot of them like on Steam, but have not really put time into them uh, because they're, I think, more alienating than this is. I, I think like a game like Crusader Kings or that Europa, I think those games are much, much harder to get into. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, this it might uh, be something uh, to do with it being like more, you know, a medieval styled game, like building money in that those games to me was always so impossible that I couldn't even mm-hmm. like levy an army to defend myself when somebody would like, let's say somebody's trying to lay claims against me and I can't do anything. And in, 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 in uh, Stellaris, I feel like I'm never that hurt for resources, like even early yeah. game, I can I yeah. can explore somewhere that's going to get me what I need. Or there is some way to adjust. I, I have a better understanding of playing him. And maybe that has to do with the fact that I had Tyler around a little bit to explain some of it. But yeah, because it seems solo, it's... solo, I obviously I turned off the hyperlane somehow, so I couldn't even see that. <laughs> so I don't even know. Uh, it, it seems a little less like 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 those old school like Age of Empires real time strategy games were always like. You never had just all your resources building. You kind of had to like start out by like heavy farming but you had to find the right time to stop farming and start investing in the military because if you don't get that timing right then someone else is going to build the big military faster than you can if you're just trying to like get all the resources and and it was just just all this all this like 
like strategy trying to get to the point where you're you have enough military might to fight off this is much more like x or at least in my experience limited experience so far it seems like you can focus a lot on just like exploration and research which is fun mm -hmm. i i like that and that's more and like yeah. a like a sieve that's what i would do in sieve uh yeah. that's and that's what i like about these kinds of games is there's this world that is not our world obviously there's these galaxies that aren't ours that you can go and explore and it's just really cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the way and as Tyler described it, the scale of its story massive. story generator, you know, it's it's fun that that yeah, you it, just create silly names, like you said, you get some fun little adjectives when you come across these little story events and yeah. uh it's a I think good, it'll be different things like the game I was playing today was about like my civilization wanted to explore this explore that an ancient civilization had had gone extinct. And so it was trying to learn this past extinction event to try to prevent their own extinction. And that's like this this long term goal that I need to have as I am doing all these short term goals of gathering resources and finding new planets and. And it's it's that's really that's really kind of cool. I'm I'm interested to see what 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 other sort of um yeah story elements it, it has in the game because it seems a like it has a lot. A fun one that I've had that's just like a random event is like a weird portal opened up in my system, and then I started sending messages through the portal, and then the person on the other end of the portal said, or I, I introduced myself, and then the other person on the other end of the portal introduced themselves, and they were me. Yeah, I think I had that one happen in one so of the games. Like a parallel, you know, that's parallel universe cool. subplot. That's um, so cool. Yeah, it's I love just it. it's like it's. I think this this game is is uh, super entertaining in a way that Crusader Kings is like. It can be really entertaining, but it is kind of kept within the semi realism of right. medieval. Like this is not dry at all. This is super like uh, the late. So I've created a dozen a, a dozen species i've created a ninja turtle species a zoidberg <laughs> species a friendly snail species um a, a crow a korg rock species <laughs> my latest is a robot species called the machines they're actually a matrix themed and they have the or the start i chose has humans as a sub uh, a species uh -huh. that we're in control of and we're sort cyborgifying and, and <laughs> so using choosing, as slaves. choosing that option uh, when i played with uh was it spencer and you initially mm -hmm. um and i had that subservient species as as whatever was actually mm -hmm. really cool i mean you got to it is cool you yeah. got to then customize them mm-hmm and yeah. uh, oh, they just kind of exist. They just kind of exist, and you can send them out and do their own things for you. And uh, that was back. That I've learned more since since doing that, and I haven't tried that that strategy again because I've gone with the other option for my um, whatever that thing is called. My, but yeah, it's it, really cool. It, it's, it is a very cool game. Yeah, <laughs> you have to find. I mean, you have to find the right. There's lots of there are lots of charming things to find in the game, and you have to find what like. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's finding that charm, getting over mm -hmm. the getting over the intimidation and finding the charm of like, for me, you know, sort of making uh, we're, we're all the same. Like, it's so funny. You know, we start creating our, our species and without like without us like discussing, oh, we're going to do all these goofy things. We each choose a dumb 
some dumb thread to 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 pull um to make our silly species and so then it so then for me like i start playing the game tyler's explaining it to me and these random events just start happening to my civilization and and so then all my dumb names i chose pop up in it and i was like okay this is funny and then it became then it became well like I know everyone else chose a stupid name, so now I just want to find everyone else and find out what their <laughs> stupid civilization is, what their weird, goofy civilization is. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. I was um, describing it as like playing, like playing a really good board game together, or or like yeah. in yeah. some ways, it's like it's not a great comparison, but it but it does kind of feel a little bit like playing D anD D together, where like you can go experience your own separate subplots and stories. You're kind of like role-playing mm-hmm. the species. And then they're going to be like later on, we're going to have United adventures. Um, and there does seem to be like this, you know, this storyteller, this dungeon master, who's like, Oh, here, here's something funny that's happening to you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a new yeah, mystery you discovered. It is sort of like, yeah, the, the computer is the DM and everyone's starting at a different starting point. Mm-hmm. And then and then you're you're going to end up meeting and and the story, a bigger story will unfold. Yeah, You have this meet cute where uh, you run into your <laughs> pal who just wants just wants naming rights for a system. That's all they want. Is just, they just want the naming rights for the system. They don't want the system. And that's how you run into them. You're out there. Your science ship is researching somewhere. You're getting the info. You see somebody else. You don't know them. You don't know that it's your friends that are playing with you. They're just an unknown science ship in the same area as you. You have to research one another to find out that, holy crap, this whole time, these other ships that I've seen around here are actually from my friend's uh, (laughs) civilization. But uh, even if you were talking through it, you'd have to be like, well, are you guys actually at the system name that I'm at? Otherwise, you'd have no idea. Mm -hmm. And even after you get contact with them, like, their ships don't change colors for them to become a distinct civilization. It's just everybody is still random until you progress far enough to have a diplomacy high enough to like, yeah, have a real alliance. Yeah. Have an alliance going with them. Yeah. It's there's so much going on. I love it. I I, I love that. I can honestly, I can step away for a moment and just automate some things, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like any game where it's like, Oh, I can go to the bathroom and I'm not going to be letting anyone down. (laughs) Things take time to develop some, I wouldn't say that it's a frustrating thing. It's just, you'll get so caught up in the game. Three hours will have gone by and (laughs) you're just like, well, I'll play for a little bit longer though. I got it. I want to play. Now there's almost a time crunch goal. I'll play until like my next research goes through, but then you'll see what your research options are. So then Mm. you're like, okay, I got to continue. I got to keep going. I I finally got uh, the research to, to build a better ship or to build a new building on my planets. I just colonized. Um, you know, the, the, the game gives you plenty of reasons to keep playing it. And, yeah. uh, it's kind I, of like, I don't uh, think every game offers that. Like, like, yeah, the, I mean, yeah, it does seem to, to run into the issue of like, like you it's hard to stop. And it's such a long, it's such yeah. a, like you could spend hours and hours and hours, but, uh, it's kind of like when, when, I don't know, like when we used to play Star Wars RPG, um, mm-hmm. with with Aaron and Aaron was just such a great DM that he he was he could just we could get on the wildest adventures and none of it was planned because we'd throw throw the plan to the wind immediately right um and he could keep up with us that you just never want to stop you'd always want your next turn 
and and this is kind of the same thing of like you just want to keep you just want to send out your you know have one get your ship on its next voyage and i'm almost done with this colony this this isn't really turn-based among other civilizations yeah is it's a big nice. positive because games nice. like games like this that are designed like a like a civilization or something where you are waiting on your opponents or even your friends to make their moves yeah well you're just like i have one lame stupid thing i need to do and i gotta mm-hmm. wait mm-hmm. i gotta wait for you guys to do your own thing or yeah, what yeah. is nice about this is everyone's doing their own thing. Like a divinity, like in divinity, where you can't even see what your friends are trying to do. You don't even know if they're paying attention and know that it's their turn. You don't know when your turn's coming <laughs> up because the order changes. There's so much that happens in those games that's yeah. obviously turn based. It's designed to be turn based because it's like a D and D, but D and D happens simultaneously. Still, sort of like it's like mm-hmm. the fight's still going on. Um, Everybody has their own turns. Whatever, whatever, but. It just is more fluid than in a video game form where I love mm-hmm. those games. I don't want to have to sit down and do pen and paper to have that experience necessarily, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and those games kind of to kind of get that. But like you said, it's not the same, but this game does offer a lot in those in those uh, kind of same, same, same areas. What I want to see eventually is this game with like a tabletop touch interface or VR. I feel like that could be a lot of fun as like if there's the presentation element of like you actually feel like you're at a command station, like Mm -hmm. you're like this ship goes here and 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 this ship goes here. You were your leader. You are the leader. You're in that room portrait they give you. Yeah, yeah, you're in the room portrait. You're just looking out at your planet, just cursing it. That that Dude, would be bidding. bring a whole a whole like actual role playing element where you 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 are the care you are the leader character that would be involved well, there's so much so much death happening with all of that too i know i know it's, there are, it's on too long of a time time frame it's too grand <laughs> you would as the person being you just like die and take over as the next person but you you wouldn't know any different or get voted just, out oh yeah or get voted out exactly <laughs> That'd be that'd be humili- humiliating. Where do you even go in that society once you've been voted out as leader? You have to role play <laughs> retirement. I have a desk job. I'm over here now. I'm unhappy. I'm causing discontent in this area. There's no more unity. I'm tanking the planet, dude. You shouldn't have voted me out. Whoops. There was election fraud. Ira was the rightful winner. Uh, I won by a lot. It's January sixth again. <laughs> You caused the insurrection. <laughs> the insurrection fails. Uh, Intriguing. But yeah, what a, very yeah. good. Very good. Great game. Stellaris, great game. Looks alienating at first, winds up having a huge amount of depth and being super fun. Seems yeah. like one of those that nobody's going to like, and then everybody so far has wound up liking it. And I already, I already want like screw it. I'll stay up till three. I don't care. I want to play more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where we were at yesterday. I had to call it like. It's like 140 or something because I was like, I got to do things tomorrow. I got to wake mm-hmm. up early enough and feel good enough about the amount of sleep I get. You got to prioritize sleep. That's if that's 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 what I'm going to I'll leave. I'll leave everybody with that. That thought. All right. Prioritize sleep. <laughs> no 2022. What, yeah. No matter what you do this year for 2022 to get your hope, it starts. It starts with getting a minimum of eight hours of sleep, guys. You got to yeah. you got to slot that in. It's important. You try your hardest for it. Eight hours minimum. I think 10 is great. Go for 10. <laughs> valuable valuable advice 
from a valuable guest. I'm very optimistic mm-hmm. that everybody can do this. <laughs> uh, slow Joey, the optimist, everybody that's knows. Why we, that's why we brought you in. Positive, we needed positive you to, We needed you to start this year on an optimistic, positive note. And I, and I got you guys. I got you. Get your sleep. <laughs> that's, that's it. Don't stay up until 4 a.m. playing video games, even though the game demands it. You just mm-hmm. you cut you cut yourself off at one. You go to bed. You'll 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 make up that time later. You'll find time for it later. <laughs> Genuine right. good advice. <laughs> great advice. Uh, we'll call those great closing words and uh, give you your freedom. Thank you to uh, Holy Trinity of Gaming, uh, bro. Uh, slow Lady Slow Joey on Twitch. Hopefully, slow Joey eventually on Twitch eventually. John, the moderator, Floyd. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much best for being moderator. here. Yeah, best mod. I, I, best I appreciate it. You know, I've put it off. You know, it was time. It, it took uh, getting too drunk one night to, I guess, say I was going to do it and not remember that I agreed to it. So that's that's where we're at here. That's 2022 for you guys. Don't, don't, drink, don't drink and commit to your friend's podcast. Don't, don't, don't do it. In fact, as a matter of fact, that, that night where you were uh, drunk and committed to being a guest on the podcast, you you were also insisting that you become the permanent no, third host of, of the course I did. Dude. It was a dream. Of course I did. I honestly, somewhere deep in my memory, deep in my memory, I knew. I just knew, knew I had to have said that. I just knew. I went to bed. I had nightmares. I knew it. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, if that's the case, then, you know, sorry, guys. Sorry to the pod. Sorry to the podcasters only. You're going to miss out on a lot of vid- video reactions of slow Joey's face. He's doesn't look impressed by anything we've talked about today. <laughs> all right well thank you john thank you uh, hopefully guys. hopefully thank we'll you. see you again and every uh thanks for all the ongoing moderator work and yeah, uh, doing yeah, a great well, job we'll see you in the future you know i'll see you guys in, from the chat Woo! all right and we are back in all right Woo! well back at it now that we'll not spoil this for john Let's spoil it for everyone else. Let's spoil it for everyone else. You've been given your fair warnings. Spoilers are coming for the Matrix Resurrections. Are we throwing? Are we throwing caution to the wind? <laughs> Only listen if you don't want full spoil. Full spoilers. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody listening. I think we. I think let's go. Let's go all the way on this one. If okay. you don't want spoilers, don't listen. If you want spoilers, go ahead and. Here's here's how you're going to hear about what happens in the new Matrix. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, if you want to jump into your your impressions, okay. um, I've seen this movie now three times and I'm working on my fourth. Nice. I, I was halfway through a second watch. Um, I it's weird. It's messy. The second half, well, the the third act doesn't quite land fully. Falls a little flat, but I enjoy the movie. It's weird. I like it. (laughs) Granted, I want to like this film. I really want to like this film. I like the Matrix trilogy. I love the Matrix movies. I love Keanu Reeves. I I love sci-fi, high concept sci-fi. I want to like this film, so I'm trying, you know, caveat, I'm trying to find this film. I'm trying to find what I do like about it. Yeah. I think the first half is stellar. I like the first half so much, and I Mm -hmm. like the second half, too. 
but it gets it gets more sort of the what's fun and funky about the first half. Uh, you know, they kind of just have to then tell finish the story in this mm-hmm. in the second half. And so it gets much more sort of on rails and, and focused on on fulfilling the story. But I really like the playful nature of the first half of the film. Yeah. And and that it takes I what I love about it is is it's the fourth installment of this big beloved franchise, which is like just how much like we've had Star Wars, we've had Star Trek, uh uh we've had Jurassic Jurassic World, like like it's very much aware that it's part of this thing that's been happening for the past decade. And instead, like it, I love that it plays with, it just plays with the fact that it's matrix four. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I find that very fun. I find sort of the meta commentary. It, it feels like the mo- movie feels like in many different ways, Lana Wachowski having fun and exploring her own ideas, uh, sort of having a conversation with herself, having a conversation with the audience and just playing around with ideas and, and trying to figure out her own feelings on revisiting this franchise that, that she, that she left behind, you know, had left behind for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not the perfect like meta story, but I like that it really tries in an endearing way. It, 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 and it, and it, um, plays around with that. It's this long anticipated sequel and it plays around with it. I feel like this movie begs you to have a knowledge of how the movie got made and a, a, a wider understanding of like why the movie got made, what happened when the movie was being made. I feel like I appreciate the movie more knowing knowing that that Warner Brothers was was just being like, we're going to make this film. Yeah. And and then um, Lana didn't want to do it. And then she lost her her parents. Um, and then. In sort of that grief. Found inspiration to sort of revisit, you know, she couldn't. I think she she described it as like she couldn't bring her parents back, but she could bring back these beloved characters. Um, and so it was part of her like grieving process. And and the film almost like they they made it. They were working on it and, and went into covid and then it got delayed and they almost didn't finish. Like she didn't want to finish the film, but then the cast convinced her to finish the film. I feel like knowing all that stuff helps enjoy help me enjoy this film. Yeah. And help me like like I was skeptical about about Neo and, and Trinity coming back. But but I I liked what they did um, and bringing them back. I feel like it wasn't it didn't bum me out that this film was made. It felt new enough. And I liked that it was basically being like it was uh, what I felt was being communicated through through the film. It's like it's OK to love your old stories and it's okay to love your characters you love. Um, but let's not only 
bank on nostalgia. Let's also try to do something new. And whether or not this film totally succeeds in doing in it, trying to do something new, at least it gives it a very endearing try. Yeah, it's self-aware that the film is going to be made with or without them. And it's <laughs> like, well, it might as well be me at the helm. Um, I love binary. I love um, Holden from uh, I love the new characters. New Bullet more, time. <laughs> Bullet time. Bullet time. <laughs> I, I, I like it. I like it. It's particularly the first half. The Kung Fu sequences felt a little. Didn't hit the highs of the original. Yeah. Um, but I liked I liked the Neo's sort of new power he he has. It's it's cool, but it's not as powerful as he was before. It sort of strips some of his powers. I like Trinity. I, I don't know. I, I like it. I like to here. OK, last last thoughts. I'm, I'm going on my tangent. My last thoughts I wanted to say is is I like that that one of the major plot lines through the thing is sort of this just the grounded with neo and trinity keeps it from getting too big but it still has that third act problem that marvel movies have of it gets really big in the third act yeah not matrix three big but but still still bigger than i wanted it to be because like the original matrix movie you have the big in the third act, you have the big it starts with the big shootout saving Morpheus. Which is cool, it's big and and exciting, um, but then it steps back and it's Neo versus Agent Smith. Mm-hmm. And it's that's awesome. <laughs> it's so yeah, awesome. All you need. They have, he's been and, built up so much by that point. Yeah, they have this cr- amazing fight in the subway. Just the coolest action sequence you'd ever seen in a film. And it, and it just kept it grounded. And I wish more movies kept the third act a little more. Just yeah. keep that third act grounded. Just yeah. please don't go too big. Yeah, they really uh, don't need to do it. Uh, it, bugs, it. The more I notice it, the more it bugs me and the more I see it in every film. Third act problems. It's... It, it's bright. I I love it's bright and pretty and some of the shots whoo, look so good. All right. Yeah. That's that's that was those were my notes. OK, I'll uh, my I'll, I'll run through my impression or um, my impressions. Fair, fairly, fairly similar. Get to get some eye candy up here. Um, Fairly yeah. similar. I came in wanting to want like the movie. Like I, I, I'm a fan of the original trilogy. I like all three of those movies. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of people don't. I, I felt like those were great. Um, they did the trick for me. So this new movie, my my bite size impression is good movie, bad Matrix movie. Um, <laughs> it. it it's interesting that I totally agree. The first half is super super fun. Like. Um, the more I watch it, the more I really like that first half. And just like, yeah, that kind of eerie, surreal feeling of like, oh, my God, I'm watching I- it. I was like, I, I, I loved. I loved that for a long time until like until they they take the ship down to, to I.O. Um, you're just like, what? It's such a mind trip. You're like, what is real? What's not? What is going on? It's so much fun being mm-hmm. in that like 
is that yeah there's just the surrealism crazy? was i crazy was mm-hmm. i wrong that the matrix existed um yeah so kung fu atrocious kung fu atrocious and i just and don't when, understand how how <laughs> they obviously like like she's done such cool kung fu before how well, did it how did it fall so flat apparently uh lily did Uh, (laughs) that's my best guess is that lily was the one who was like yeah okay but everything needs to be good like (laughs) because lana apparently doesn't care Uh, because some of the action was just like the sloppiest fight scenes you've seen in like the last five years it just like looks like an old man it looks like he was still in rehearsals um it, uh, it was it was i mean like on the one hand I was trying to the way I was trying to spit it in my head to make myself feel a little bit okay better about it is he's supposed to be old Neo mm-hmm. lost his powers refiguring them out so he's going to be a bit sloppy mm-hmm. but um I was watching Rogue One the other day and and um oh, I forget the name of the 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 character but the blind character mm-hmm. um Who's who's probably of a similar age as Keanu in this film? Freaking amazing kung fu! Like his his action sequences, yeah. this really beautiful, amazing kung fu action he does. So it's like it's not just like you can work Keanu. So like like he's really good at all the action stuff he's done. He's done it yeah. for so long. He's right. good at it. He can do it. I don't think it's that he's. I mean, he is getting older, and so maybe that 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 poses a challenge. But you should still be able to make a compelling action sequence, despite yes. even though he's he's a bit older. Not having not having Bill Pope, not having Yen Wu Ping, or some similar similar similarly talented fight coordinator were huge mistakes on this. Like there yeah. are some beautiful shots, but it doesn't have. It doesn't look like the Matrix. It doesn't have like the kind of art housey like the original Matrix is a brilliant film. Cinematography, set mm-hmm. design, costume design, mm-hmm. everything, 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 everything very feels very real and dirty and gritty. That was a, that was another. Uh, I'll, I'll run back into my overall impressions of the movie. Is like, um, it. It it works. I I didn't like it the first time I I watched it, or I was disappointed because you know you kind of get to the end. And it's like, hmm. it it just some of the quality aspects, like the you know not having great kung fu, um, you know, we're like, huh. and and then the more i watch it the more i like it however i do still like there's a a ton of concepts like you know within that they mentioned the machine civil war i'm like oh god i would have loved that movie um Mm -hmm. you know i would have loved a prequel to the original matrix i would have loved a story about new characters in this new matrix i don't Mm -hmm. know if i necessarily needed to have neo and trinity back i'm like fine with this movie this uh there's a moment that we're, we're playing the trailer here there is a moment where, where uh one of the characters screams mr anderson and that gives me chills every single time i love it <laughs> absolutely love it um the movie has some great commentary about you know it's it's like it doesn't make it any more good as a as like a matrix movie but 
it gets into this place where like, okay, what is the internet now? And how is it harmful to you? Well, it's the internet now is Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, and it's, and it's you being coddled and made to feel good and nostalgic. And then as soon as you try to escape that, people start trying to drag you back in like little zombies and like, yeah, okay. Yeah. This makes, you know, that makes sense. I hate swarm mode. I think it's so stupid. Um, that, that bit was, was, you know, what was terrifying about agents was nobody could do anything about them. And yeah. you know, what's not terrifying about zombies. Literally everyone kills like a hundred of them in every movie that as ever zombie has ever been in like zombies are fucking stupid. Uh, why take such a tired, broke concept as zombies and throw it into the matrix? I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's just like, there's a number of choices that are just like, you could have still just had agents and that would have been dope. Like mm-hmm. it should have just still been agents. You didn't need, you didn't need, or the agents could be different. You know, they could, yeah, uh, I don't know that they could be more like the handlers that are like manipulative uh, versus action. Um, mm-hmm. The, these sort of, yeah, that, that it all makes sense because it's like this new matrix and it's the new person running the matrix who has different concepts of what it means to efficiently maximize the use of these, these, their batteries. Um, and, and so, yeah, a lot of it is like, yeah, this is a good movie, but it's not a matrix movie. It's not, it doesn't make you feel like the original matrix. I also had some conversations with people online about like, something very cool about the original matrix was how dirty and gritty and like hard it was to deal with. Like you had to go, you had to find, you had to fly your ship to a quiet spot where, where you might get shredded to death by squid sentinels. Um, and then try to hack in and then get to where you were going within the matrix. And, um, now you, you know, and the, and the person running the machine who could only see the matrix, could not even see a visual of inside the matrix because it, because the code the code is so complicated they could only ever look at it this way and tank had trained from a child then you know now they've got this new tech and like the operator is just hollow projected in there beside you and he can seems to be able to see everything just fine and you can pop out and head back to the human world and then pop back in it's no big deal you know it's really easy to get in and out of the matrix it did fe- it feels like they took away a lot of what it made it feel really like, oh, these are these people are just scraping by hacking into this yeah. other reality. Whereas now it's kind of like, I don't feel like there's a worry about mortality, the mortality of any of these characters in the original Matrix trilogy. I feel like like I think they talk about this in the making of those movies. They went through great to great efforts not to cast like your kind of conventional. Beautiful people. Um, right. And particularly not filling it with white people you know they really wanted to not fill it with white people and then like in this one there's like this beautiful boy crew member on the ship and then like you know i think like more of the characters than i expected were were more of the new characters than i expected wound up just being like pretty white people and i was like Mm -hmm. this doesn't really feel true to form of the original you know like they were trying to go to bat for like will smith and lawrence fishburne versus val kilmer and uh, I think Keanu, I think Keanu came because, because Will Smith passed or something like that. But yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Will Smith, um, pa- Will Smith passed and Keanu took the role. But there's, there's a bit of that that is like, you know, some of the original true like sentiments or like things that they tried to work into these movies and felt like were missing. But 
yeah, at the end of the day, it's still it's still a pretty fun movie to watch. It would have been nice if if uh, Hugo Weaving had come back. That would have been better. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's 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 hard because like, yes, it winds up being a love story about Neo and Trinity. I don't know if the love story between Neo and Trinity was originally that interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It's like it's you know it's kind of like oh, that's kind of nice side plot or whatever. Does it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Does it? Does it work as like a? Is that why you want to come back to the Matrix? It's it's well, yeah. I guess it's it's. You know, I I I see again. It's sort of thinking about it in in terms of of the sort of thinking of it beyond the story of the film just the story of the film yeah it's not the best matrix story that there could be or there's lots of things you could you could explore that wouldn't be retread nostalgia based um you know mm-hmm. probably not focusing on neo and trinity if you're going to go for continuing the original matrix legacy but this film does feel like like it's someone who who like, like again is sort of like Lana Wachowski had to was was you know they're gonna they're trying to make a new Matrix movie. She decided to do it. This was sort of a thing she wanted to explore. It was it was her her way that that got her interested in revisiting this thing that she had left behind mm-hmm. and. And it's not going to be, you know, I, I appreciate the the like like that. It was something that that Lana was wanting, you know, sort of this story that Lana was wanting to to put forth and 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 that it wasn't her just trying to that I wasn't just like like at least it wasn't Star Wars trying to check all the nostalgia you know disney right. trying to check all the nostalgia boxes yeah um and and you know formulate the perfect box office film right. um to bring back to bring back um uh, a franchise but 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 yeah it's not i i think it's fair to say like it's a good movie but not a good not a good Matrix. Yeah, film. it's just it doesn't have the it doesn't have the DNA of a Matrix movie. Like I think with, if Lily had been there, I presume that the magic would would still be there. I, I got to imagine that there's that there's a reason that the both of them directed mm-hmm. the original trilogy, and it, and it mm-hmm. took somebody caring. You know, it just seems to me evident that uh, one half of the team was missing here. It feels like it was made by. It feels like Warner Brothers just took somebody totally new and said, hey, direct a Matrix movie. Like, it doesn't necessarily feel like it came from the original creators at all. Like, Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a shame because, like, there's so much interesting about the the the, the world of the Matrix. Like, what, what Smith's, what was, what was up with Smith and, like, why, you know, I, I, there was always an interesting subplot kind of behind the scenes there. Um, of of a program designed to keep to keep people locked in the prison wants free <laughs> that program d- 
designed and, to lock people in is the one that wants free is trying to break out and is, if you is if, very if, interesting if you watch the and the, and it's interesting this is a tangent um you know eventually in the in third third movie he's he says you would know mom to to the oracle and you find out oh this is why this thing in the first movie the other agents at a couple of points give him a look like like what are you doing like what you mm-hmm. know like He's being weird. And Agent yeah. Smith has always been weird. And that's because he's the only agent that has emotion. And the only emotions he has are anger and disgust and rage. And he is this anomalous. And you they never have to tell you this in, in any of those three movies. But you know this. If you watch, if you watch closely, you'll see there's something wrong with Agent Smith. I think that's that's fascinating. And obviously, you know, that's not a movie here. There's not necessarily a movie here, but there's a lot of movies that I think could have been made. And I think this would probably be my last choice of them <laughs> as far yeah. as like being placed into the matrix world, but still it's fun to watch. It's new and different. And like, just, I think, you know, for anybody who listened to this and, and was like, okay with being spoiled, um, you could just don't just watch it as a movie that like maybe does some interesting new fun stuff. And like, you can't expect it to really be a Matrix movie, unfortunately. Yeah. Like I would have liked well, a Matrix movie. I do feel like you could still make a great Matrix movie that had this this kind of similar commentary and still mm-hmm. still be faithful to the things in the original that, that were important to people. It's like a little bit a little bit of the vibe I get out of this movie is when uh is is when Last Jedi just felt like it it had the need to flip me off and tell me I was stupid for liking Star Wars and Jedi in the first place. There's a little bit of that vibe in this movie and, and then, and, and really the, the sort of reactions or defense of this movie a lot of the time is like the, well, you know, like it's your fault for wanting it to be a a Star Wars movie. It's like, it said star wars on it i don't know like you know a lot of the defenses of this movie which are you know some of that are valid but a lot of the defenses are like oh well you know it's your fault for expecting it to be or wanting it to be have the artifice of of the original matrix and it's like well yeah but no it's i'm not telling you you needed to do there are a lot of things that would have satisfied me and they wouldn't have had to been matrix style action I think it just would have had to have been more exploration of like these ideas rather than this does feel like trotting out your, your kind of old, your old show pony and like being like here, let's do another lap around the track for, for funsies. Like it does to some, you know, they play with this in the movie. Does, does the movie invalidate Neo and Trinity's sacrifice or like, does it does yeah does 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 it cheapen what they did at the end of the third movie and i do feel like yes it does i think without a question it kind of does like that you know there's this whole so but 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 then that's the point in this movie is you know like some of it's neo feels like what he did was cheapened and you know like everything i did was you know they they turned it into a video game or whatever Um, right yeah I don't know, man. It's, it's a tricky it, movie. <laughs> it's a tricky movie. It's a tricky movie because it is hard. It is hard to win. I felt I guess I was I felt a little yeah. more like like it was. 
not I, I didn't get so much of the middle finger that Last Jedi feels like like it gives you in the meta commentary. Mm-hmm. It felt a little more like like um a little bit like also saying it's okay to like the old things and appreciate the old things. It was I I, I guess it felt more like a personal message of like with this particular film, I'm trying something a little different. Yeah. For better or for worse. <laughs> that may work for some people and it may not, but 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 it felt a little bit like like they're saying like I'm trying to respect you know what led us here while also I am tr- personally <laughs> at least this is how I read into it like I'm personally also trying also trying to do something new. Yeah. Um, it's but but it's hard to do that without without invalidating the old thing, and it's hard with expect you know just just it's hard it's hard it's hard to come back it's 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 hard to bring something back. Yeah, it's it's, it's really that it tough. Is, it's it's that trying to be both things because it's a little bit it doesn't it it's not very cohesive to spend the first half saying it would be silly to do some tired old ideas and then for the last part of it go. So here's my new ideas. There's zombies and then like big force powers. Like, Oh, those are your new ideas. I think that those are not particularly interesting compared to just, if you just retread the same path as before, like, yeah, Yeah. it would have felt just as unique and original. So like, it's like, yeah. Okay. If your message of the first half is like, you want some, you want this other thing. And I don't know. I think that, you know, that's, you know, maybe that's not the healthiest desire is to want that same old thing, but then feeding us something that's like, here's somebody else's microwave slop. It's like, eh, well, well, I also wonder, <laughs> it I also wonder if, the, that message. if the movies like, like if the movies, like if this movie was always going to suffer from, I mean, I guess part of it could be that that not the full team was back. Mm-hmm. And and so it suffers from that. And I also wonder if it just suffers from like when when you're young and you're yeah. given the chance to tell yeah. the story like you want to tell all the effort and all the attention to detail. And and you just get to a point where you're coming back to it later. You're not that same person mm-hmm. dying to tell some story just that 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 attention to detail is is the the details that get paid attention to are not the ones that matter or, yeah. or aren't the right ones um like like with wes anderson films or or you know uh uh, uh or like, like I don't know, whatever you know. We were talking last night about Steven Spielberg. You hear Steven yeah. Spielberg's making a film, and you're like, "Okay, okay, so what? <laughs> whatever." <laughs> Another bad you movie know? from Steven Spielberg. Great. Uh, sorry, Steven, if you're listening. And so, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're one of our, we value you as one of our millions of listeners. Um, yeah. You used to make really good movies. It's just it's just something that has, something happens yeah, and totally. and you don't care yeah. about the 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 details on the on that note from I think a couple of different cast members they said that like 
there was not a lot of shot lists. There was not a lot of organization on the shoot. Like it was a lot of just fly by night, you know, like, okay, here, you guys go over here. We're going to shoot this like this, like Mm. on the whim kind of doing these things uh, less so like the the original was meticulous and and this was just kind of like a, uh, it would have been to use the term phoned in. It could have been, it, I don't know. I don't know. It could have been cool if it had, if. I think if I he gave know, this like two or something. three more rewrites. Right. If he, if, if he, great. like, like really put, say, okay, I'm going to do this whole weird, weird self-aware fourth installment that the meta commentary is as important as whatever and just but just put that level of folk detail and like like we're really gonna hammer out you know what's what's happening in this thing um what what would have what would have happened to it i do feel like the character like the actors were enjoying yeah being their characters like keanu i i and again i just rewatched the first half rewatch the first half which is which was the when i first watched it the part I, uh, the, I got really into in the second half it's a little less a little less fun than the first half was i really like what Keanu's doing like with this like confused he's still mm-hmm. insecure but now for new reasons like like there's some um, hilarious moments in there he doesn't know it like, like he has no idea what's going on these moments these moments that he feels our memories but he thinks are just as it's his he's like my mind's trying to say that these are memories but they're just things i made in the video game they're coming true like him freaking out that these video game moments are coming true uh very fun and like morpheus like he's he seems to be enjoying the heck out of being morpheus and and that like these characters seem to be you know there just seem to be love for for the characters in the world uh there with the actors which which was nice to, nice to see but yeah. but yeah the the like the the kung fu just was like this is not the like holy crap this is blowing my mind action sequences yeah and they make it an afterthought and i uh i talked to spencer a little bit about this but in my book a fully realized Neo, like, you know, if we sort of get to, or fully, you know, if we get to the end of this movie and fully realize Neo and Trinity is, um, if you want to go into an interesting, not action direction with the powers that Neo and Trinity have to rewrite the matrix as they see fit, they can raise a building up into the air and smash a helicopter. They can program an absence of mm-hmm. air to be in where that helicopter is so that wings have nothing to grab onto and it just falls from the sky like let's get creative like yeah i you think know, if, if got, you don't want to do it, action you could get creative with these powers right. if you could rewrite the world in any and way I would like you, to see, you see i would like to see that i would like to yeah. see a movie a sci-fi movie or whatever that that does something that does action, but not action. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it does something new is, yeah. is it doesn't have the big action sequence. It doesn't have a big battle. It does something different. Try to, I want something different. I want them to give me yeah. a third act. That's not a giant battle. Um, I, I, I feel like they got really creative in the first half. 
And then the second Thanos. half, the, the, the yeah, I guess the, the the quite the creativity isn't isn't there. Thanos with the gauntlet level creativity, like turn people's bullets into bubbles, you know, just meld someone with a, a rock and leave them there, you know, like all these, mm-hmm. you just turn someone into little cubes or spirals or whatever, like all these creative means if you had infinite power i think the you know thanos and infinity war does a great job like you know they do a great job of just he doesn't just punch people over and over he does weird stuff like dr strange turns stuff into butterflies to get rid of it yeah Yeah. um you know like that's that's the that's the type of thing you could do if you were the one you know like or idea yeah so Uh, or like ah man um the ending of uh, I guess I guess I shouldn't I shouldn't whatever ending of Loki has a fight yeah. scene in it and the fight scene's okay but the exciting part is a conversation yeah the most thrilling part of the whole series is this amazing exciting con uh, uh, this amazing exciting conclusion that's a conversation yeah and that conversation excited the hell out of me yeah yeah agree yeah yeah, I don't know. At the end of the day, it's just good. I'm sure it's going to be a movie we continue to sort of talk about for for a while, and maybe that's a, yeah, yeah that's a I, sign I, of I a, think, a measure of success. I think uh, there was something interesting I read of of like Keanu made this comment after seeing the film that like he thought it was cool to see ideas in the Matrix play out in our own digital, like our actual digital, you know, how our digital, our lives became over the next 20 years. Mm -hmm. And, and he's excited to see if this new movie does the same thing, essentially. And, and whether, whether or not there there is sort of that, like the digital self image and our lives becoming online Mm being something that's happened in the past 20 years and and whether whether um you know he he in his because he's always excited about he he just has a genuine love for being able to do the job that he does you know i think he gets excited about any project he's a part of but but you know he's being excited about like this is this is this is doing it all over again and so i guess it'll be interesting interesting to see if that that turns out to be true yeah, I think if this does anything like if it does do a Matrix idea really well, it's like the original Matrix is an idea about, you know, like you, it could be about anything. You're different than other people, though. And the world around you is is trying to keep you from that. And a- at any given mm-hmm. moment, any one of those people could turn into this horrible thing, this agent, which prevents you from escaping their what what they say is real. So if you decide I'm going to quit my job and go live in the woods and an agent will take the form of your mom and say, <laughs> you will absolutely not do that. You cannot escape this matrix, this, this, this society mm-hmm. that we live in and the society is the matrix. Mm-hmm. And the evolution of that, that idea is okay. They used to be really, it used to be really obvious who was holding you back from exiting the matrix. And then this new matrix, they shower you with love to keep you there. And they gaslight you to keep you there. And they make you feel great to stay in the matrix. And you're just this hero guy. And let's shower you with adoration. And, and, uh, like there's, there's always the, or yeah, there's always the promise of more. So even if everything feels like shit, you're still trying to, yeah, there's still more. You're you're trying to get, is trying to keep you jacked into society and, 
society, which was, is the matrix. So I wanted, I wanted, I was thinking about this particular thing today. I was like, it's kind of a dangerous, it's an interesting thing to, to, to make the, the, the role of the analyst as a therapist because it implies that like a therapist is trying to keep you docile and not actually, you know, self-actualized or whatever. But then I was thinking more about it of like, well, I think therapy is important. I did therapy. I want to do more therapy. I, the NHS doesn't have the capacity for me for, for that to be like a thing. You know, I, it's not it's not uh, I'm not in any danger of not being in it, whatever. You know, I just like working on myself and it's nice to have therapy as the structure to do that. But mm. it was I was thinking about it of like. Therapy can be there to sort of like like modern modern life is not always healthy for us and it's kind of hard at least today it's it's for, for me like it's therapy is there to help me deal with modern life help and help me stay navigate it and stay in it and find some happiness Jacked in it in. yeah and Keep so it matrix. is so then i was like you know what <laughs> I, I'm not I and I don't say this as like therapy is important. Taking care of your mental health is important. I, I don't want to give like be like, don't go to therapy. They're part of the system, man. Mm. Uh, don't take don't don't take steps to take care of your mental health. Um, but but I was like, you know, <laughs> that's interesting. It's an interesting way to look at it. And and it's kind of true because like I'm not going to go run out and get off the try to get off the rig or whatever. And and it's so hard to it is kind of like I think you, you that was a very interesting point you made about like agents are, you know, whatever, you know, you got to have a credit score. You How are you going to ever be able to do anything if you don't if you don't stay within the system? And mm. and it's so hard to leave it. And and how therapy, dare you try? It, yeah. How dare you try? Yeah, exactly. And and therapy can be a tool to help. Like, hopefully, it's doing you good, and 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 it's helping you process feelings and 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 work on yourself. But but it, part of it is kind of like you're miserable. <laughs> We're all kind of. It's a very pessimistic way to look at it. We're all miserable, <laughs> and here's a way to try to deal with that misery and keep us happy staying yeah. in this in this kind of miserable modern existence yeah so it is it was interesting i i i, I found myself being like is that the right message but then i was like but you know it has me thinking it's interesting good ideas bad execution at least for the latter half yeah the latter half i could have done what completely without the io segment i don't think it needed to exist at all i don't yeah. think it gave me much I, was I guess I guess yeah I mean story, story wise not not really important I guess kind of nice to see it, it, it proves the point that I think what I was trying to do is be like okay <laughs> we're not completely nullifying the importance of the events of the first three yeah. and the sacrifices made um yeah people want to hear what happened to, to it. Morpheus or whatever yeah yeah but you know but but story wise it is it does have the feeling of like uh oh, god the casino world in 
the last Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> like this unnecessary stop we're yeah. making. Yeah. Like, oh, you got to get there, thrown in jail, and then get out in two minutes later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I would have cut that. I would have cut all of the explicit. I would have loved it if they cut all of the explicit flashes back to the original Matrix. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see a cut without that because... I would have felt, oh, that's oh, the same what? shot. That feels like the yeah, same yeah, shot. Yeah, from yeah, the, yeah. You yeah, would so, have felt this real nostalgia or this real so, sense of like, oh, this feels like deja vu. Why does this feel like deja vu? Not but hitting then, you over the head of it. Yeah, or yeah. like, or like you doing feel deja vu because this is the exact same shot that I did in the other movie. That's why. Here, I'll show yeah. it to you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to hit, hit, hit us over the head with it. And you could have done things like, like having things be in reflections mm-hmm. was cool. Like showing, that Neo, most of the time, Neo this doesn't look like doesn't look like Keanu Reeves to everyone, mm-hmm. uh, and just having like bald Neo in the Matrix, after like f- far away, it's not him, or like you know whatever you mm-hmm. close up, it's not him, and then far away, it is. You're like, oh wait, that's Keanu. Stuff like that, like yeah. like just have these glimmers. Yeah. Four bad. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I just thought. I, was uh, I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed the. F- I but I was looking to. Uh, I I will also admit, I'm gonna say I'm, I enjoyed the film, but but I also was trying to enjoy the film. Yeah, yeah. I like I say I keep rewatching it, hoping I'll hoping I'll eventually love it, but I don't know if I'll get there, but. But I do think, you know, I think it's like, yeah, it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way the first time, maybe a lot more interesting the second time. Um, and that's OK. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think I would rather have this film than. Than just a straight trying to hit the nostalgia boxes. And obviously they could have done something where it's not nostalgia based, continuing the Matrix story, exploring mm-hmm. new things. Could have done that. And and it probably would have made a better film. But if you're going to be revisiting these characters, I will take a messy, sloppy. Uh, second half <laughs> falls flat, but the first half is really weird and kooky and fun. Um, but is trying is trying to be endearing, even even if it's not paying attention to the details it needs to be paying attention to, even if it's not planned out as much as it should be. Mm-hmm. I will take an endearing attempt at something that's not just trying to tick the the like trying uh, a corporate <laughs> like like Warner <laughs> Brothers trying to tick boxes. I will. Uh, I, I, I'm inclined. I, I'm tempted to agree, but goddamn, I loved Force Awakens. Force Awakens was fun. <laughs> and that was just completely retreading. And it was. It was just a know, retread, and it was kind of nice. I kind of liked it. That's okay. That's fine. That's fine. It's a. It's, I don't a know. it's hard. I think. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny because. Yeah, we. I guess we we got punished. What's What's interesting about Star Wars is we got punished for liking, liking something that was entirely nostalgia based. That. People liked it. It got criticized for being a retread, and so Disney attempted to, course correct. <laughs> and it swung hard yeah it's so but last Jedi is so funny to me because it swings hard at being like you know 
You expect me to walk out in front of the Force Order with my laser sword? This isn't going to go the way you like. But then it also, at the same time, hits like all the same plot points that Empire Strikes Back does. It it somehow simultaneously <laughs> gives a big finger to the Star Wars universe, like the Star Wars fans, while also pandering. Mm-hmm. And not missing. I feel like it's kind of ironic. Well, that's our messy review of a messy film. I will bring it home though, because we could we could probably flip this over forever. And uh... I, I that's true. That's true. We should we should cut. We should stop. <laughs> Call it good. We cut could only off. get more confusing and and wish washy as time goes on. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, it's watch it, watch it. Everybody watch it. There's definitely not watch a reason it. not to watch it. It's going to be weird, but. It's a weird film. It's a weird film. Well, many thanks to our guest, Lady Slow Joey on Twitch. Maybe Slow Joey in the future if you're listening to this on Twitch. John, the moderator, (laughs) Floyd. Thank you to my co-host, Jake Gable. And thank you all for listening. To get alerts when the show goes live, follow us at twitch.tv slash Rethink Everything Podcast. You can come watch along and chat with us and see what the hell we're talking about. Because I'm doing some nice visuals over here. I'm showing you some stuff. You get to see a goldfish driving a car you, you can't <laughs> see pretty. this you can't see this anywhere else so make sure to Come sign on up on the stream subscribe like and subscribe turn on those notifications turn on the bell notifications and you'll you'll be here the next time around twitch.tv slash rethink everything podcast and make sure to check back next week for our very 48th episode oh yeah bullet time bullet time It was a disaster. No one would accept the program. Entire crops were lost. Some believed that we lacked the programming language to describe your perfect matrix. But I believe that as a species, human beings define their reality through misery and suffering. The perfect matrix is a dream that your primitive cerebrum kept trying to wake up from.